Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, on this week's show, we're keeping on the Christmas theme, but it's a slightly different approach than usual. While many of us are looking forward to the Christmas season, for some, it's a time of year that can be really challenging. From moving back into the family box room for a few days to avoiding challenging conversations around the dinner table, we'll discuss everything with regards to Christmas and those awkward relationships on today's show. Here to help us navigate some of the more complicated signs of Christmas is psychotherapist and owner of my new counselling and psychotherapy, Helen Vaughan. Helen, a very big welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, you. It's great to be here. So this is a really topical thing, and I'm really looking forward to this episode because people all around the country have those awkward Christmas conversations, those awkward Christmas groups, and it's really interesting to learn what do you do. People look forward to this time of year, having a little bit of time off, eating a bit more food than normal, and spending time with family. But a lot of people actually struggle with this time of year too, don't they? They do. And I think one of the issues that happens is a lot of us go home, you might spend time with your family and let's not forget the people then that don't have family, but we'll talk about them in a minute. But they go home, they spend time with family and a lot of us digress back to the same dynamics as when we were younger. And then we're confused about why we're doing that and what's happening and why my brother is annoying me or my mum's annoying me or why I'm reacting like I'm 10 years old. And it can be a very intense time because you might be there for a few days and there isn't much escape for some of those days because everything's closed. So you're all home and cooking for each other, hopefully, and helping each other. And it just can be intense in terms of that family dynamic. And what often happens is that we slip back into old patterns. And um, There's a thing called transactional analysis, which sounds complicated, but isn't. And the theory is, is that basically if you start to treat me like a child, I will react like a child. And that's kind of the transaction. And if I if I try to parent you, you again might react like a child. And that's often what happens in the family dynamic that let's say your mum's given out to you about something and you react, you're acting a brat and you're like, I'm not doing that. And you're like, you're reacting to the way she's treating you. Not to say that you're without fault and you're only doing it because someone's making you do it. It's not that simplistic. But the theory is that you should try to be adult to adult, that if and that's including if someone's trying to parent you and give out to you about something, try to react like an adult and either agree with it or disagree with it or have a conversation or have a negotiation. Try not to slip into child mode subconsciously, you know, and start giving out or refusing to do something. So that's one of the things that often happens within families and within relationships is that we slip back to those old patterns of someone's telling you what to do. You don't like it. You re react to it in a negative way. And then that creates a dynamic in them where then they're like, well, you have to do it now. And then you react even worse, you know, and it can feed into this negative pattern of behavior. And that often happens when we go home anytime, but particularly at Christmas time, because there might be so many people there, you know, and it might be amplified more so because of that. So that's one of the things that happen, not to mention then any family issues that are under the surface for people that might come out again, things you're unhappy about or can be money related, can be anything at all, really something that happened 20 years ago that you're not over or yeah, a family member that you haven't healed a rift with. You know, those things bubble under the surface. You have a few drinks and you might say something you sh shouldn't have because um, it's kind of a minefield. And I guess the idea is to figure out what is safe for you but also what is comfortable for you and if that's a matter of coming on the day don't drink and go home on the day if that's better for you don't be afraid to do it and one of the things I generally say to people around Christmas is try not to pressure yourself to do things you don't want to do to buy things you don't want to buy or you don't need to buy or to have a certain type of Christmas that you see on TV 
Because it's not realistic. You know, it's it's trying not to pressure yourself to buy into traditions if you don't want to do them anymore or, you know, just spending the whole time with your family if you don't want to. You know, don't be afraid to change tradition and be like, I'll come on Christmas Day and I'll go home again that day and hopefully be comfortable with that. So there is a lot of pressure on people then in terms of that, that picture perfect Christmas. Uh, it's almost like the Instagram fitness uh, fitness people that, you know, that 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 augmented reality that is not reality in the slightest that you know it's it's a fake version of reality in terms of photographs and the angles and sometimes christmas can be like that they were all led to believe it's all going to be you know it's all going to be a christmas car it's all going to be kind of a christmas carol or it's all going to be absolutely perfect and lovely and wonderful and no one ever rose and it's one big family group hug where the reality is generally very different from that kind of the concept of you know perfection at christmas the reality is very different. And I think there is huge pressure around it. It's similar with things like, you know, Valentine's Day or maybe summer holidays or, you know, these things that we feel we have to perform for Instagram and show how fabulous it is. And we all have matching pajamas now. So we all have to act <laughs> like, I don't know what. What is the ideal Christmas film? I'm thinking of Home Alone, but they left the child at home. So it's far from I was going to mention Home Alone <laughs> in the chat. Yeah, I That's know, the reality. Actually... <laughs> but... I think there is a pressure to have a fabulous time. It's like the kind of New Year's Eve is similar in a way that you're supposed to have the best night you've ever had all year on New Year's Eve. And for me, it's rarely reality. So just letting go of that pressure is a relief and a release that you're like, I don't have to have the best Christmas I've ever had. It depends. You mightn't have a good relationship with Christmas. You mightn't like it. It might bring up difficult things, especially anyone who's had a grief either during the year or any year that can come back up at Christmas where obviously you really miss that person. And that could be a death that could be related to COVID, could be related to illness, could be a breakup, you know, change in your own family um, situation. But I think what I would say to people is ideally don't feel the pressure to go along with certain things if you don't want to um, and try not to pressure yourself to have the best Christmas you've ever had if that's not what you feel like. And don't be afraid to do your own thing and, and figure out your own boundaries, what you're comfortable with and go with them rather than feeling pressure to do, I don't know, what Auntie Mavis wants to do or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's not being afraid to find your own way and figure out what your boundaries are and stick with them rather than feeling pressure to do what other people want you to do. If you don't want to do it, if you're overwhelmed, if you've had a tough year, um, you know, try to have some downtime, spend time at home on your own or at home with your own family or out and about or doing whatever. Uh, one thing I find hard is that people often don't go outside at Christmas time. And I'm like, bring your warm coat, bring your walking shoes, get out the door to get some fresh air, even if it's freezing, uh, get in the sea, whatever it is you know, find something that you're not at home all day losing your mind. I think I'm painting a very bad picture, though, like it's a terrible time. <laughs> no, you're painting a very real picture, I think. And I suppose what you seem to be saying is that, you know, it's OK to, to, to say no and learning to say no at Christmas is a really good skill, even if you haven't applied it over the course of the year, you know, Christmas or even if you have applied it over the course of the year, Christmas doesn't change that. You know, don't be afraid to say I don't want to do that or I can't do that or, you know, just be afraid. Just don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. And don't be afraid to find your own way in it. And I think it's an important skill for us all all the time is trying to know what your boundaries are, what you're able for and also what you're not. If someone's trying to push your limits and get you to do things you don't want to do. Don't be afraid to say no and don't feel guilty or shame yourself or whatever it is that you should try and do everything uh, when sometimes it's not possible or sometimes you just don't want to. You, you, you know, you need a rest. There is, you know, extra pressure on women a lot at Christmas time, which is another kind of aspect of it in terms of, 
you know, hosting, cooking, shopping, planning, cleaning. And I'm not saying that women do all of that, but there can be some that take it either on themselves or it's enforced by other people to do those things, you know, in terms of logistics and domestic jobs and getting everything ready and doing everything. So try as well to delegate a bit if you can, if you are one of those people, especially if you're someone that likes to take control and do things. Learning to delegate sometimes within that can be good for you because otherwise, again, you take on too much you know, and then you have no downtime, you've no rest. You Christmas is like another working week. And, you know, there is huge pressure on all of us, not only women, men as well, uh, and parents to create the best whatever it is for your child and buy the biggest thing or the most things or whatever. You know, and I just think sometimes it, it gets too much. And then I'm like, it gets away from what the festival's all about. But actually, the festival is all about Christianity, which I'm sure most of us don't really focus on that too much. Anyway, so maybe it's figuring out what Christmas is for you and trying to find that and not being afraid of trying to create that yourself. And let's chat a little bit because I thought it'd be rude not to because we're going to have to deal with it in terms of COVID and the the year that we've been through. So last year it was a tough Christmas. A lot of people uh, use Christmas as an excuse to just go to actually park COVID for a week or two. Uh, last year, I think we certainly saw a lot of that happening, and this year potentially, you know, we're heading into a, a tough Christmas from a from a, a, a you know a, a safety perspective in terms of COVID numbers and things like that. So, being COVID anxious around Christmas is a normal reaction, I would imagine, to what we're going to be facing. Yeah, I like. I think a lot of people, from what I'm seeing, are anxious again now and have been for maybe a month or maybe a bit longer, as the case numbers are really high. And to me, it feels a lot like last Christmas, that the case numbers are high, everything's open and none of us are really sure what we should do or what we shouldn't do or are really sure what Christmas is going to look like. And it was similar to last year in that it wasn't until the last minute that most of us figured out who are we going to meet, how many families are going to mix with. And I'm unsure, are we going to end up in the same this year? And that's been a theme for the last nearly two years of the pandemic is that lack of certainty, lack of being able to plan and know what's coming down the road. And it's something that's led to a lot of anxiety for people. It's been a really tough experience from that point of view, the uncertainty and also the lack of control often over what I do and don't do and what I want to do and where I want to be. You know, and again, I think I would love some clear messaging to know what's coming in the next few weeks, the next month, you know, just so that I can plan. And it's not that I have any great plans or anything, but like all of us, I just like a bit of certainty. I like to know what's coming down the road. And I think it can be very just nerve wracking and anxiety inducing when we don't have that. You know, at the moment, lots of I think things are getting cancelled. Christmas parties are disappearing left, right and centre um, and which is good in a way and maybe the pressure of whether to join those celebrations isn't a choice anymore because a lot of them are being cancelled um you know but then the flip side of that is that there's so many people worrying about their income and the pup isn't back and there's i've plenty of friends in hospitality or in the music industry who don't know what's coming for them and it's another blow for them and it's just it's a really tough time from so many points of view and then on top of that you have you know, families meeting who did what with the vaccine, who does what in terms of who they've met and what they're doing and the judgment and the difficulties over who you're going to meet. You know, so I guess we're I feel a bit like we're being plunged back into that. I'd love to think we're not, but I don't know if it's real. But I guess it's it's trying not to judge yourself in however you're feeling. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling uncertain, if you're feeling a lack of control, if you're feeling angry, allow those feelings to be. What I always think is helpful is to name them and acknowledge them rather than try to avoid them or think, you know, that feelings like anger are ugly and I shouldn't feel that or I shouldn't feel sad. 
If you do, that's where you're at and kind of accept it. Talk about it ideally to a friend or a therapist, um, you know, and just acknowledge how you're doing. And if you're feeling uncertain, if you're feeling stressed, don't be surprised because we're this is another leg of this long journey that we've been on. Um, you know, and surmountable stress is good to motivate us to do things. But when it becomes chronic, when it goes on for so long, it just can be really hard to feel stressed and you might feel exhausted as a result. Or you might feel nothing at all is what some people report, that they're just a bit meh. You know, so again, just don't be surprised with how you're reacting and, and try to accept wherever you're at at this moment in time. Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. We're chatting all things Christmas survival with Helen Vaughan. Helen, what about those awkward conversations that we have around the table? We all know the ones that we get stuck beside someone at the Christmas dinner. A really awkward conversation comes up. And how do we deal with that without exploding, without venting, without walking off in a big huff in the usual Christmas Day palaver? How do you deal with it? So is that when your cousin says something from years ago that bugged you then and it bugs you now and you're like, <laughs> the ideal situation is to try not to react and try to say very little. Um, what we often do as therapists is just reflect back what you've heard. You know, if you don't know what to say, just say, oh, it sounds like you're bringing up whatever the incident with the swing back in 1985. Um, you know, and, and say nothing at all if you can, because I do think with family there, with a couple of drinks on board, we can sometimes say things that we either wouldn't say normally or we don't agree with or we say too much. Um, you know, I, I think who is the person that's bringing these things up quietly beside you at the table who's trying to stir something up? Or I don't know if they've had a couple of drinks and they're saying things they shouldn't. Um, but I guess the ideal is try not to have that conversation at the Christmas table if you can avoid it and bring it up privately later and be like, here, you know, what's going on here? Is there something you want to talk about or is there something unresolved or, you know, try to have an adult to adult, not child to adult or child parent um, have that conversation if it is something they want. But I would suggest Christmas possibly isn't the time to do that <laughs> uh, if you want a peaceful time and as happy a time as you can manage, you know. What about for children and for teenagers? Like they've had a really tough year. And if you're heading to a Christmas party or family do where there are children and teenagers around, are there any skills or things that you can do to kind of, you know, maybe just to spend more time with them, but also to make them feel a little bit more at ease on the off chance that they're feeling anxious or they're feeling concerned? Uh, I do think children and teenagers have had a really rough couple of years. And in terms of clients, we have an explosion of teenagers at the moment for the past three or four months. Basically, since about a month before they went back to school, it's been nonstop requests for teenage um, clients more than any other group at the minute. And we have had high demand across the board, but teenagers at the moment are, from what I'm seeing, really anxious, you know, because the, developmentally, they've missed a lot of the things that they should have been doing in the last two years in terms of their social activities, their milestones, their schooling. You know, that's where they're at in terms of their development as human beings. The most important thing to them is their peer group. And that's how it should be. You know, they're trying to figure out their, their identity and who they are and where they fit in the world and who they want to be. And they haven't been able to do that, which has been really hard on them. And I think at that age, often you don't really know what's going on for you. You might be able to put words around what's going on. And I've had lots of teenage clients who come in with anxiety and we never necessarily get to what is making them anxious. And often as parents or as relations or as people who know young people we can get lost in the why because we want to understand what's making them anxious and often we don't find that and sometimes as if you know a teenager the best thing I would do is just to say be there to listen to them acknowledge how they're feeling validate their feelings 
try not to jump in and advise or help or tell them what to do because often they just don't need that even though we think they do because we're older and we think we're wiser but sometimes they need just someone to hear how they're feeling and where they're at and just hold them in that rather than saying have you tried this or have you done that because then sometimes they feel you're minimizing or you're kind of assuming that they don't know the way to figure it out and maybe they don't as we all don't sometimes uh, but sometimes it's literally just validating gosh it sounds like you're feeling really sad or you've been really anxious for the last while and it's been really tough for you stop there don't jump in and say what have you tried this or listen to a podcast or listen to a cam app or whatever it is you know sometimes they just want to be heard and acknowledged in where they're at rather than be told what to do um but it has been really tough for them and I'm like my heart goes out to all that they've missed out on and I can only hope that we're not going to go down the same path again so don't do which the thing that I automatically try to do myself and my other half have a have a have a, have a, a or a conversation about something I, I try and fix everything I'm a fixer uh, and I absolutely I wind her up no end and she won't mind me saying that because I absolutely do because I try and fix stuff so sometimes it is important and we chatted about it on the show before with with some guests before that listening ear is really important. And maybe at Christmas, it's a really good time to be that listening ear and get a cup of tea out and get a biscuit and just sit down and just listen. And it's a very hard skill to be able to do, but it's really important. It's a really tough skill. And when I retrained as a therapist, it was the first thing we learned was what we call active listening. So you're listening and you're part of the conversation, but you're not in it. You're holding yourself back. You're literally holding a space for someone else to tell you their experience. And you might agree or reflecting back is a really powerful skill where you literally reflect back what you've heard and it can be really good for the person who's talking because they know you've heard them because you're using their words do you know what I mean so it can be a really good skill just to let somebody know I hear your experience I'm putting myself in your shoes and I'm really hearing you rather than what a lot of people do and we all do it oh that happened to me that reminds me when I did xyz and that person feels lost then you know you've kind of I know people are trying to empathize and they're trying to help but sometimes they just want you to hear where they're at. They don't want to hear where you were at previously. Um, and I know, I don't know, it can be a male-female thing, the desire to fix, but I think we all do it. We all want to get in there and save the person and pull them out of the water. But sometimes you have to just let them. I always say, you know, it's like sometimes you just have to sit with someone in the dark for a while because that's where they're at and they're not ready to come out of it yet. As frustrating as that might be to see, sometimes we just have to sit with them hold their hand and let them know that we're with them for as long as it takes and that there isn't an urgency and there isn't a pressure to solve it or fix it or do whatever. Um, and I think it's a tougher skill. I'm making a mental note as we chat. <laughs> now go do Listen it. Off you go. <laughs> and it is a really hard thing to do because for, from a work perspective, I fix things. So people come to me with problems around wellness, whether it's a company or a person, and I fix stuff. Uh, and this always happens when we chat to people like yourself on the show. We end up doing like a personal session almost, revealing lots of stuff about me. Um, what about people who have nowhere to go at Christmas? I think that's really important to, to recognize and to chat about that if they're feeling lonely or maybe they've had a bereavement during the year and this of Christmas are facing into where they may not have somewhere to go uh, what advice would you give them I would say don't be afraid if you have had a bereavement or if you don't get along with your family and you don't want to spend time with them to not to be afraid not to do that if you don't want to go and be in a group or anyone who's socially anxious and doesn't feel comfortable in a bigger group don't be afraid to meet one other person if you can or know other people if you can it's like New Year's Eve you don't have to have the biggest best day of your whole year you know don't be afraid to do your own thing 
But also, if you have had a bereavement and you're feeling sad and you want to reach out to someone, please do. Or hopefully, I saw a, a cartoon a couple of days ago where they said, why can't we reach in? So sometimes maybe it's looking around into your friend group or your family group and seeing, is there anyone you know that's a little bit aloof or that's been alone a lot this year or that might need you to reach into them and just offer to call over for an hour or go for a walk with them? And if they don't want it, that's totally fine. Leave them to it. Um, you know, there's also people who don't get along with their family or don't necessarily want to spend time with them. And that's difficult, too, because there's all this pressure, all these ads, all these bloody Christmas films saying family is fabulous. Have a brilliant time. It's going to be amazing. And that mightn't be how you feel. So that's it's it's sort of ignoring your reality. Um, and then there's the people who feel lonely even with their family. So there's another layer of complication. You know, so there are lots of people with lots of different experiences so, you know, back to what I was saying earlier is is not to be afraid to try to find your own comfort level and your own traditions and what you're comfortable enough doing and not to be afraid to say no to something. If you don't want to go and spend a day with people, don't do it. Do your own thing if you want, but also do reach out for support if you want to and think about those in your wider group and reach in if you can as well. And a lot of people, I suppose, finally get through Christmas feeling almost beaten up by it, by, by the experience of it in terms of the stress buying for the presents, extra alcohol, extra food, late nights. Um, by the time kind of New Year's comes around and we're into kind of the first or second or third of January and we're all back to work and back into the rhythm of life again, they 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 just feel exhausted. I know we see we we see it with clients every now and again uh, when they just they feel absolutely wrecked having gone through the process of Christmas because it's such a big build up and, and then but it almost chews you up as you go through it. In terms of your top tips, so we've chatted about lots over the course of the last 20 minutes or so, and I always ask experts for kind of top three or top five tips you'd love people to take away from the session to help them avoid that kind of Christmas burnout. What would your tips be? Uh, I'm trying to think, what would my top ones be? The one would be be aware of any pressure on you from either yourself, and often it's from you, or from other people, from family and be aware of whether you want to go along with what that pressure is asking of you or whether you don't. Um, another one is also be aware of your own expectations and the expectations of others. And that could be where the pressure is coming from. Um, and be aware of what you're capable of and what you're in a place to do. If you've hosted family Christmas for years, don't be afraid to say no this year. Um, and maybe you said no last year, because last year I think we were only supposed to be two families from what I can remember. Um you know, so manage your expectations and just see, are they too big coming from yourself or coming from other people? Are you capable of doing them? Um, and also try to have good boundaries, learning to say no, as we said earlier, and not feeling bad about it, which is probably the hardest part about learning to say no is learning not to feel bad about that afterwards. Um, you know, so figuring out what your boundaries are and then trying to stick to them and also not being afraid to control what you can and have the kind of Christmas that you want and trying not to, again, feel pressure from other people to have the kind of Christmas that they want or the kind of Christmas you've always had for 10 years or 20 years or whatever, you know, is, is to find your own way, control the controllables within your own life and not to be afraid to have a Christmas that works for you rather than a Christmas that works for everybody else. Okay, so don't be afraid to put yourself first a little bit and say no and control the things that around you that you possibly can. Helen, fantastic advice. If people want to find you or get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so my website is uh, manuthcounselling.ie, so you can get in touch there. 
um, for obviously counselling. And also I do talks for staff and people around wellness, which I was trying to pitch instead of your Christmas party. I was like, why not have a wellness talk? We'll talk about anxiety. <laughs> we'll talk about building resilience. It'll be really fun. Um, so I'm waiting for a rush on those. Yeah, well, the Christmas thing, it's, it's again, we did it a couple of years ago and it was such a popular episode. We wanted to re do a refresh and a kind of an up-to-date version of it. And you've given really good advice, really practical, really straightforward and really entertaining as well, which has been great. Our listeners will absolutely appreciate it and hopefully have a better Christmas as a result of tuning in. Folks, that's it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. As ever, you know where we are, at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review on iTunes if you can. And we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Slow and before. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.